morning, everyone. Welcome to church and happy Mother's Day to all the mums who are here with us or who are watching online right now or in the hours to come. My name is Jesse. I'm the ministry apprentice here at Oasis Church. It's my joy to lead us in this part of the sermon. In the last few, in this part of the service, in the last few weeks, we've been in a sermon series titled, When Life Hurts. We've looked at some of life's most painful problems and what God's Word has to say to comfort us when we face them. So far, we've talked about grief, fear, sadness, and this morning, we're going to be talking about loneliness. And you might be thinking, oh, Jesse, loneliness. On Mother's Day, couldn't we talk about literally any other subject? But the truth is that loneliness affects all of us, even mums. And often, it especially affects mums. In fact, a mum shared recently that the early years of her motherhood journey were some of the most lonely in her life. No, my own mum definitely experienced that when I was a kid growing up. And mums also experience often a unique sense of loneliness when their children grow up and leave home. So it's true that loneliness might not be your normal sermon topic on Mother's Day. But as a staff team, we believe that it is important to talk about, and we pray, and we hope, and we expect that it will be helpful for all of us. Because loneliness is an issue which does affect all of us. I'd like to begin by reading from John chapter 16. Jesus is on the cusp of being arrested, tortured, and killed. And he's sharing some last words with his disciples before all of that happens. They do not know what is about to happen, but Jesus does. So he's lovingly trying to prepare them for the terrible hours that were about to come. And he gives us some profound insights about loneliness and about his relationship with his Father in heaven as he does so. So let's read together John 16, starting in verse 31. Jesus asks his disciples, Do you now believe? Jesus replied, A time is coming and, in fact, has come when you will be scattered. Each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, Jesus says. But then he also says, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you might have peace. The wor- in this world you will have trouble. But take heart because I have overcome the world. So today we're going to explore this passage and the topic of loneliness under three headings. We're going to first look at the problem of loneliness, 
Then we're going to look at Jesus or God's response to loneliness. And then we're going to spend a little bit of time thinking about our response to loneliness. So before we look at some of the details in John chapter 16, let's spend just a minute or two thinking about the problem of loneliness. Social scientists tell us that as a society, Australia is more lonely than ever before. And that every year, we grow more lonely than the year before. And this isn't just a problem which affects Australia at large, it also affects believers. In the National Church Life Survey, which is a nationwide survey of Christians from all denominations and all backgrounds, the thing that church members across Australia most wanted their churches to get better at was community and fellowship. Loneliness affects Christians whether we like it or not. Relationship with Jesus does not make us immune to feelings of loneliness. It really, it's not this fringe problem which only affects some people. Surveys tell us that over half of people under 25 are experiencing loneliness. But it isn't just limited to young people under 25. Single people often experience intense feelings of loneliness. And not just single people, but married people sometimes even happily married people have a deep sense of loneliness. There are people who've lost a loved one, and even though they might be surrounded by family, surrounded by friends, they can be experiencing real loneliness. There are people who've been abandoned, maybe by a spouse, or maybe by their parents, or maybe by their children. And they can be experiencing soul-crushing feelings of loneliness. They're kids we know who go to school every day and they feel so alienated from their classmates and their teachers. So terribly lonely. Loneliness is one of the major problems that humanity faces, which is why we're looking at it in our sermon series, When Life Hurts. Marcus Persson was the Swedish inventor of the computer game Minecraft, which, as computer games go, is one of the biggest computer games in the world. And he eventually sold it to Microsoft for $2.5 billion, $1.5 billion which he got to keep after it was all said and done. And he later wrote this on Twitter, actually. He said, hanging out in Ibiza, which is a party island for the richest people in the world just off the coast of Spain, He says, hanging out in Ibiza with a bunch of friends and partying with famous people, able to do anything I want, and I have never felt more isolated. And I feel so sorry for this guy. By all accounts, he's a nice guy. He did his best to look after his employees. Sounds like a good friend to his friends. Arrived at the top and feeling so Lonely. I really, I feel such compassion for him. His experience isn't unique, though. To a greater or a lesser experience, his experience 
has been the human experience since we rebelled against God at the dawn of time. In the beginning, there was God. And God is a trinity, three persons in one, and has existed even before time in perfect and glorious relationship between all three members of the trinity. And in the beginning, we read in the scriptures that God decided to make humans, and he made us to be like him. Because God is a relational being, he made us to be relational beings. God made multiple humans so that we can have horizontal relationships with each other. And we read that God personally would come down to earth and walk with humans in the cool of the evening and allow us to experience that joy of relationship with him, that vertical relationship. We were made for relationship. Well, as most of us know, we rebelled against God and we broke the perfect paradise that he had designed for us to enjoy. But what's interesting, though, pertinent to us, is that one of the first things to happen after we rebelled against God is that our horizontal relationships broke down. Previously, Adam and Eve had not experienced shame or separation or loneliness in their relationship with each other. But we read in Genesis chapter 3 that suddenly they had the urge to make clothes, to hide from each other, and to hide from God. And when God came down in the cool of the evening to walk with them, they hid from him, revealing that not only was our vertical relationships broken, not only was our horizontal relationships broken, but our vertical relationship was broken. This is the universal human experience. We are designed as relational beings, designed to have a perfect relationship with God and with each other. But because of sin and brokenness and self-centeredness that exists in the world, we are not able to fully experience that which we were designed for. This also explains why loneliness is such a significant problem. It is not just a social problem. It is a problem for our souls. It goes against the very grain of how God created us and who we were and are designed to be. If this is our awful predicament, and it is, then what is the solution? We're going to think about that in our second point, which is God's response to loneliness. The story of the Bible reveals to us that God was not content to leave us in our isolation. He wanted to restore us to everything we were designed to be, so Jesus came to live, die, and be resurrected so that we can again experience the fellowship and community and love and relationship that we were designed for. This was God's response to our loneliness. It was to enter into it and experience it himself. Jesus came and experienced everything that we experience, even isolation and rejection, along with, with even worse things than that. And he experienced that so that we can be restored to fellowship, both with God and with each other. 
And later this morning, we're going to celebrate what Jesus did for us by celebrating the Lord's Supper. John Bloom is a Christian author and one of the co-founders of Desiring God. And he writes this. He says, Jesus doesn't just understand your loneliness. He is destroying it. Because he died on your behalf, you are no longer truly a stranger or an alien, but you are a fellow citizen with the saints and a member of God's family. He's quoting there from Ephesians. Because Jesus was alienated from God and man, you, we, will enjoy the full family fellowship of God and his redeemed saints forever. If you are a follower of Jesus, this is your destiny. Because of Jesus, our destiny is to one day enjoy close and joyful and fulfilling relationships with God and with others for all of eternity. However, even though that is our destiny, it is not always how life will look right now. Jesus has not yet returned a second time to earth to complete his victory. And so even though we know how the story will end, we know our destiny, we are currently still living in a broken world. Paul Mathis is a former missionary and pastor. He is single and deeply desires to be married. He has a lot of really helpful thoughts about loneliness. I'm just going to read one of his thoughts for us. He says, sometimes we call loneliness what God's word calls a longing for unhindered intimacy with him and with others. And we start thinking that other people can provide us with what only God can provide. He continues, it amazes me how often I call loneliness what is actually a groaning for redemption. And instead of trying to numb it, I should embrace it and try to realize that it is God's good gift to me to remind me that this world is not my home. There's some people in the world who have nerve damage or brain damage, which means that they cannot feel physical pain. And you might think that that gives them superpowers. But for many of these people, it actually makes life very hard. Often, on accident, they cause themselves terrible physical harm. For example, they might pick up something hot. And because they can't feel pain, they won't drop it immediately. Instead, they'll give themselves third-degree burns because they cannot feel pain. They don't know to drop the thing. Paul Mathis is saying that loneliness can sometimes serve us in a similar way. That loneliness is often a gift from God. That God intends for it to remind us that the world is broken. That we are broken. That we are in need of a Savior. That we are citizens of heaven 
and no longer citizens of earth, that our greatest hope lies in eternity with him. As a matter of fact, if, you're, if you love Jesus, you can know that God will use loneliness for your good. God says he will work together all things for the good of those who love him. That doesn't mean it's not hard. It's not painful. So as we live in this in-between time, this time of longing and groaning and pain, what should our response be? How can we deal with and respond to our experience of loneliness? That's what we're going to think about now, our response to loneliness. If we return to John chapter 16, we look at at verse 32, Jesus alludes to the fact that when he surrenders to his enemies, every last one of his disciples will abandon him, his closest friends. Peter even swears three times that he does not know Jesus. Can you imagine that the loneliness that Jesus must have felt in the darkest hours of his life, his closest friends have abandoned him. One of them is even swearing that he's never known Jesus. That would be awful. But as Jesus says in verse 32, he will not be and he was not alone. His father was with him even when all of his closest friends had abandoned him. Loneliness is a feeling and Jesus felt it. But Jesus also knew that he would not be alone. And the truth is, if you are a person who has been adopted into God's family, you will never be alone. God is always with you. The Holy Spirit, in some mysterious and miraculous way, has come into you. You are not alone. You are loved. You are known and you are valued by the King of kings, by your heavenly Father. We see a second thing from this passage that helps us in verse 33. Jesus tells us, you will have trouble in this world. But he also tells us that we can and should take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. Jesus tells us that when we are feeling overwhelmed by the troubles that come upon us in life, and he tells us we will experience troubles. When we experience them, we need to remember that Jesus has won the victory. That the end of the story is written in stone. That one day we will not be lonely. He tells us to lift our eyes to him. To remember that our future is good and glorious and joy-filled and restored to what we were designed to be. And God, in his goodness, has even given us a glimpse and a taste of this glorious future in the present, right now. God has given us 
the church. God has ordained from his throne in heaven that his adopted children should gather together. That we shouldn't only enjoy our restored relationship with him, but that we should also enjoy relationship with our fellow adoptees, with our brothers and sisters in Christ. God has given us, his children, the church, to act as a taste of heaven. Now, every church is filled with broken people, including Oasis Church. It is not perfect, and it is not heaven. But God does intend for it to be like a taste of heaven. So, friend, if you are lonely, can I encourage you to build some friendships with the people around you? Come early to the 10 o'clock service. Come at nine. Spend time with other followers of Jesus. Get to know them. Invite someone over to a meal to your house. Or if you're not comfortable to do that, invite them out to a restaurant. Introduce yourself to someone new. Join a growth group. Join a service team. That's a great way, actually, to get to know other people. Ben's just announced that we're doing dinner and prayer, men's breakfast. Seize the opportunities to build friendships with others. If you've been watching online for the last couple of months and you've been feeling lonely, I encourage you to join us in the building if you are able to. It is hard to experience the kind of relationships that God desires for us to experience with our brothers and sisters in Christ over the internet. I was at a conference this week and one of the speakers who's a pastor pointed out that most people in the church want more friends. But that very few people want to put in the work to make new friends. Well, God has blessed us in Oasis Church. We are a big church filled with a massive variety of people. And not only that, but many people in this church are so loving, so welcoming. I encourage you, build some friendships in this church. And if you aren't feeling lonely right now, can I encourage you to continue showing love to your brothers or sisters who might be? One of the priorities of our church is life together. And you might not feel like you need a new friend. But there might be, there probably is, someone at church who does. Can I encourage you, keep your eyes open for opportunities to lessen the loneliness of a brother or sister who might be experiencing loneliness right now. To truly try to make Oasis Church a taste of heaven in this area, not just for you, but for the people around you whom God loves dearly. I'd just like to finish with this quote from Elizabeth Elliot. Elizabeth was an amazingly humble and godly missionary lady 
whose husband was killed by the people group they were trying to share, with the, share the gospel with. She wrote this after he was killed. She said, loneliness is a wilderness, but through receiving it as a gift, accepting it from the hand of God and offering it back to him with thanksgiving, it may become a pathway to holiness, to glory, and to God himself. Before we celebrate the Lord's Supper together, let's just pray now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your gift of the church to us. Father, we would especially like to pray for the people in our church who are experiencing feelings of loneliness right now. Father, we would like to ask that you will come alongside them, that you will make them so aware of your presence with them. Remind them that they are not alone because of you, we ask. Father, we also pray that you will help us as a church to do well at loving one another, to do well at life together. Father, we ask that Oasis Church might truly be a taste of heaven. Father, we also on this special morning when we are remembering mothers, we ask that you will bless all of the mums in our church who are experiencing loneliness right now. Please pour out your love on them. Amen.